Hi TJs, it's Joe Cook here. We're at the actual training journal conference at the moment um, and I thought we'd kind of pop out into the coffee room, so if you can hear lots of coffee percolating, that's why, and have a chat with two of my favourite L&D gentlemen. We have Doug Shaw and we have Martin Cousins. Now Doug, first of all, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, hi folks and thanks for the opportunity Joe. Um, I'm Doug and I'm a freelance artist and consultant, or consultant and artist depending on what day of the week it is. Um, but I'm, I'm fascinated in the arts and how we can use them to lend and add meaning to our work. Uh, and I'm also just generally interested in the world of learning and development, particularly from a kind of self-determined perspective. So I use the arts to help people think differently about um, what they're doing and take action based on that thinking. Thank you, Doug. And you've got some lovely work that you've shared on Twitter and Facebook in the past, so really appreciate Thank that. You. And, and we come to Mr. Curation. Would that be fair, Martin? <laughs> well, yes, in some, in some senses. Uh, lovely to be here, Joe, and thank you for having me and us. Um, yes, I, I, I suppose I run two businesses. One's called Learn Patch, one's called It's Developmental, and the areas of interest or specialism are probably content, communication, curation and done quite a lot of activity in the learning space, be it facilitation, workshops, those kinds of things. But they're my, those are things that excite me and that I'm able to do in my work. Excellent. And something that we're talking about today, I find quite exciting in a really geeky work way, is about getting things done, productivity. Tell us a little bit, Doug, about the, is it an experiment, a pilot, or just a project that you've been doing, or is it all of the above? Yeah, it could, it could be described as all of the above. So uh, a while back now, Martin and I were involved in some work trying to understand what the barriers were um, to people kind of adopting a more digitally literate approach to work. Um, and I'm, that's a bit of a buzzword kind of term, but anyway, that was the thing that we were looking at. And one of the things that we found really interesting was um, was that people were actually quite kind of they were unsure really I suppose about what was expected of them what they were supposed to be doing and and they were just not particularly good at uh, making progress they felt stuck I suppose so in response to that stuckness Martin and I developed a, um, a loose framework that we could adopt and apply in a collaborative workspace and we chose to use slack as our um, space to work and the intention behind doing that was simply to give us and a few other people who opted in uh, an opportunity to work in a kind of safe non-judgmental space which was all about for the peer-to-peer -peer learning being comfortable in setting responsibility for your own um, goals and tasks and and being given the time and space to kind of get on and make them happen and and if you wanted to to kind of check back in and, and hold yourself to account but importantly hold yourself to account not anybody else okay so Martin was this something that was internal to an organization and tell us a little bit more about this loose framework so we launched it off the back of doing a talk at an event actually and um, there was some interest in the room for what we were describing which is basically taking action I think is probably the just get on with it well, yeah, well, well you know we all know in L&D there's a lot of talk as there is in every sector about what needs to be done what needs to change and the critical thing for, for me and for us I think is how do you do that and this is what this sort of framework uh, was born out of this kind of challenge of actually 
saying in my day-to-day -day work, what is it I'm going to do that could lead me to have, you know, to achieve different things and achieve them differently even. So the, the, the Slack channel is really very simple. There, there is not a lot of complexity here. The basis of the, the framework is to check in every day and share tasks and think about those you know, in, a, in a weekly way and then also we have a place where we can share other stuff but the focus for us is to put in weekly and daily tasks and discuss goals that may be you know, um, more longer term or medium term than just a week um, and then that starts over time that starts to give you, give you a lot of transparency and visibility around what you're doing and the interesting thing with that is for all my years in the corporate world managing teams you have a sense of what's going on but you do not have that kind of visibility of what people are working on and 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 the, the thing that isn't scary about it is it's about just focusing on the tasks nothing else so if you're if you were to see someone else who's actually trying to get through 30 things in a week you know the the interaction could be around is that realistic for you and then I'm picking why they might have to do all of those things and then you just mean you can really get to you just focus on the task nothing else just the stuff that needs to be done and I just don't see enough of that so it was that's the, the framework provides an opportunity to do that okay so it was it was open so it wasn't for an individual company so therefore presumably there was no manager and, and line manager kind of relationships so then how you know if I put on there right today I want to do XYZ here are my tasks how would somebody support me or how could I ask for that support what kind of conversations were happening Doug? That's uh, a great question, and I think you, you've hit on something really important here. So within the group, there were definitely people who were operating at different levels within their organisations. So there were people who were chief execs of um, successful, well-known companies, and people like myself who are freelancers, and, and all points in between. So although we weren't connected by a common sort of hierarchy or structure, we were definitely operating at multiple levels, which I found really interesting. And really what we just, what we did was we just kind of, um, we played, if you like. So, so we started off by just making notes about the kind of things that we wanted to do. Um, we checked in optionally to, to, to let people know how we got on. And, and if people wanted help, they would ask for it. Um, so it was, all, it was very much a kind of space where you were encouraged to participate rather than encouraged to respond. So, so participation was, was really important. It's all about opt-in and it was all about kind of being responsible for your own actions and choices. And the intention there was to just kind of you know, liberate people from that feeling of needing to have to kind of respond and actually choosing to respond to what was important. And also, I think over time, what was really interesting was that we began to re people began to realise that actually sometimes we might make less optimal decisions, and that that's fine. As long as I'm learning from it and recognising that actually I've been overloading myself lately, then I need to start thinking a bit more carefully about what I realistically can afford to get done, but, but I'm not having anybody kind of coming in and telling me or coercing me. So sometimes these things took a while to come to the surface. But as with most things, learning-wise, when, when it hits you yourself, it's much more impactful than when someone else is coming along saying, oi, sure, why haven't you done these eight things? 
ourselves today and we, we thankfully never found ourselves in that place. <laughs> and that, that's really interesting. So years ago I used to work for a manager who would sometimes, let's say, be off to our um, US headquarters for three weeks and I wouldn't hear a thing from her. But the day I worked from home, I had to send an email in the morning saying this is what I'm doing and an email in the evening saying this is what I've done or not done. And there was a, a conversation around that. Now, apart from the micromanagement of flexible working, we are going back a few years, but not that many, sadly. So what is it around when those conversations were coming through? Obviously, some people were choosing to share, I didn't achieve everything, or I did achieve everything and more. But then there's the why. And like you say, there's that there's that internal looking at this and how much of that came out that was negative of oh I'd never achieve anything I'm always overworked it's such a hassle and at what point you know how did those people come to those realizations of oh my god I'm doing the wrong thing or I'm doing it the wrong way and changing that do we see I'm trying to cast back to the actual project and and what came through on that. that that's why I've had my thinking face and I'm slightly hesitant. That's right. So, so from 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 memory in terms of how the pilot went, I, I think. So, one of the things that's really interesting about this stuff is it, it is it is it, it, it develops um, and requires actually a high level of trust. And, and in fact, one of the things that we've been challenged on by one or two people is, and I won't name any names here for reasons that are about to become obvious. But I've shown this way of working to people who are responsible for learning and development in organisations. And I've had feed- feedback on things like, well, we just don't trust each other enough to work like that. You know, um, my team wouldn't be able to cope with it. And it's kind of funny, really, because in a way, I think those are the sort of groups of people who could actually really benefit from it the most, because there's a level of assumption that someone who's running a team is conveying what, what are they, what, you know, what, what's kind of going on in that, in that sort of conversation. So I think... The thing is, with most of the, most of the stuff that we've learned, we've learned it kind of, we've learned it by doing, and we've learned it over time, and we've learned it almost. So I think one thing that's been really interesting is we've had a lot of kind of um, unintended consequences type stuff. Uh, some of it's very positive, some of it less so. But I think one of the things that's been quite absent really is there's not been much, there's not been much evidence of sort of stress or reluctance because we've chosen to be very open in in the process and actually. That, I think that's a really, um, you know, leading by example sounds a bit cheesy, but actually, if you're coming into a space and you can see that people are working in that way, then it's easier to ease yourself into it, I think. And one of the things that we're looking to uh, play with next is, is find a way of actually inviting people into the space just to come and have a look around, because we've got nothing to hide, and we think it would be interesting for people just to come and maybe experience it for... I don't know, a period of time just to get a sense of what's going on, what we might learn from new new eyes coming to look at it, and what other people might learn from, from seeing the experience. Because certainly from my own point of view, I found this thing as a freelancer really quite transformational yeah. in terms of how I've been, and again, I use that word guardedly, but it really has changed the way I work um, significantly. The only other thing I was going to add, Joe, was the, 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 the learning from each other bit of this. So that idea of, you know, identifying the fact that you can't do something. Interestingly, what we saw was that people were quite open about asking others. So in actual fact, that, that kind of 
uncertainty around not being able to do, you know, identifying it's like, oh crikey, I can't, I, I've got stuff here that I'm, is, is difficult to achieve, was being overcome by people being quite open about the fact that... And was that around individual tasks of, I don't know how to do X, something in Excel, or I don't know how to do this in Twitter, or was it more fundamental about how do I achieve? A lot of it was to do with, for that group, was was that was just quite task focused. It's okay. like actually, I, you know, there's a, there's a group of interesting people here. We do we're working in this certain way, and what emerged out of that is the fact that people felt they could just start asking, well, I've got this, you know, that I'm working on, can, who can help me with that? Yeah. So then you start getting a, it kind of works at that level. There's suddenly an exchange ar- around just people being a bit more cooperative. Um, you know, because they're there, they trust each other, they're they're kind of being quite open with each other. Yeah, and some of the stuff was quite sort of specific and and it might relate to something quite technical, but and I recall several conversations being much more broad, so around the sort of wider, more generic theme of something like, well, you actually, you know, I've been tasked with developing something to enhance leadership qualities in this organisation. Anybody got any ideas? Um, Now, that's a very uh, wide open term, but again, it was really nice that people felt comfortable and confident, you know, asking those kind of questions and being willing to play with it. So I think what's interesting is you choose. So you're in there, you're a participant. We, we offer a very simple, um, loosely sort of structured way of working that you can adopt as tightly or as loosely as you want. And then you begin to find what works for you and what, what, you, what gets the most out of it. And one of the things that Martin touched on earlier on is that actually we've both adapted within that structure. And so I will find myself doing certain amounts of analysis about what's gone before. And I can then reflect on that, share it with Martin, and then that informs some of our collective and individual decision making thereafter. So it's, it's a very, um, it's very interesting from that point view. And to Martin, you know, Doug's talked a bit about his somewhat transformational experience. And, you know, we're all kind of freelance here as well. We all run mm. our own companies. And I know in, in the work that I do, mm. there's been certain barriers and blockers. And I just, you know, there's projects that just have not been done for a year. And there's work been done on them, but they just haven't got there. And something that my Michael and I do is on Friday we have a reflection Friday and we try and go through these things and find out what is it from a task or a process or an individual point of view that we've done as a success or a failure and and areas of grey in the middle what is it that you've got out of this group and this pilot yourself in your work too? Um, I think this might sound very very simplistic but the idea of sharing what you're doing every day is quite a thing <laughs> in itself. Yeah, I don't think like, I'd want to do it. Yeah, well, most people do their own to-do lists, yeah. and which is personal to them relative to their team and kind of the work that they do and where they work. But actually, you know, saying this is what I'm doing today and this is how I am filling my time is a, you know, that's been quite a big thing for me, um, especially well, there's two of us in our business and so I'm it enables me to in talking to Doug I'm talking to someone who doesn't you know he knows my business to a certain extent he knows it more than he did a year ago but you know that wasn't the point the point was I'm sharing something with someone who's got a shared interest in in, in how work gets done 
but actually it's still a bit scary because you're thinking, crikey, you know, what's, what's Doug going to think about, you know, I'll be thinking, well, you know, what does one think about those tasks? Because I'm thinking it myself. So I, I, this is a hugely important area for me, is just being able to put it down. The second thing is, so the other person in, in the business, uh, we're a husband and wife team, um, now, Rasheen doesn't use this um, way of working, but what it does bring is a lot more transparency over what we are doing as a business, um, especially because of some of the role that I play in the business, especially around you know, new business, account management, stuff like that. So we, c we have very different conversations about how the business works, so that's been a really positive thing. And I think, uh, and just this week, it was a case of I had to have a task done and I've been letting it slip. And, you know, I said to the machine, look, I can't, this is just hasn't happened this week. So we just have the conversation, like, I need two hours at the weekend to get that done. And that's a much easier conversation to have. Um, we've got quite busy lives, we've got lots of, you know, we've got three kids, and it's, the weekends are really not, it's useful for them not to be working in any way. <laughs> so, but that's just an example of, you know, how you, you know, that, that's not a, a difficult conversation to have because there's a lot more transparency about the priorities, actually. So then we're, we're talking about this as individuals. In the case of us three, we're talking about people who are freelancers or with their own business. Let's put this into a different context. Could or should this work in a business or within teams? So if I'm your manager, should I be doing a version of this with you every day? Well, so I think that's a really interesting question, and I think the answer is kind of, it's, not, it's more a case of we should all be choosing to do it together. So for me, it's a really interesting co-active space. So it works when people feel that there's um, equivalence. So I think that whilst we might need to operate within some sort of hierarchical construct, construct in an organisation, the way that a system like this works is when people feel trusted and are able to importantly give give that trust so I think it would work really well in that environment provided that environment is inhabited by a group of people who broadly speaking trust one another excuse me and I know that not you know that doesn't exist all the time so I think um, if, if, if that trust is absent then I think this could very quickly become a way of just you know nailing someone and saying well you didn't do X and you didn't do Y but actually if what we recognize is that we're better together and actually we're here to learn from each other then I think it's a really powerful way of letting down some of those barriers and uh, enabling people to just talk more openly and confidently about what they're trying to do in pursuit of what and be comfortable that sometimes that's going to work and sometimes it isn't and because that's life I mean yeah. yeah that happens all the time I think we just have a tendency to focus on celebrating the you know the success and making a fuss about you know all the case studies of things that have gone well and sort of trying to brush all the other stuff under the carpet but actually that's where often where the best learning comes from and the way that this has enabled us to work is in such a way that we can identify that and then choose to either take action on it if we believe it to be important or also 
just choose that actually it isn't important enough. So actually if there is something that keeps slipping, maybe what I've come to the conclusion is that I should be letting that go and giving myself permission to let it go because it's just not the right thing. So I think it's an interesting psychological space as well as an interesting yeah. workspace. And, it, and it, it, it does require a degree of trust and equivalence, I think that's safe and to I say. Think, I think that's so important going back to that manager that I might not see for three weeks when she's working away and the one day from home where I had to record everything that to me was complete lack of trust and not so much lack of trust in me because she'd trust me when she was away but trust in the process of working from home so did you notice any of the learning being fed back to be kind of I've done this for myself and actually I'm taking this back into work now I think that's what people were in that group that's what they were doing so with think, their teams, with their colleagues? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, that uh, just coming back to that last point, I, I think if there is an interest in doing work better and getting more done more effectively, then it's not going to happen unless there's some transparency around what people are up to. Mm. I mean, that's just the reality. Now, I think we have a lot of vested interest in retaining the status quo. So we, you know, we accept that we spend 30% of our working week on email and all this kind of stuff. We don't have to do that. Yeah. But I think we do have to have a focus. We can do things differently. We have to focus on what we are doing day in, day out. And to your point about the trust, you know, it, it really does shift the dynamic. Yeah. You know, is the team able to focus on that? Yeah. That's the question. Is the manager able to facilitate yeah. that environment? Because if they could, I think the rewards would be very um, powerful for that team. But most teams don't work in this way. And there's a reason for that. And I think you have to sort of get past that. But I think the, you know, the idea of just focusing is focusing on the task, not the person. That's the other Love thing. It. And that's when you um, go to any kind of parent training, they tell you, don't tell your child they're naughty say what you have done is naughty and to me it's that same thing okay. so I think that potential of what you can achieve with the trust is a great point at which to end a really positive point and um, Doug where can we find out more about you if we want to look you up uh, <laughs> if you want to come and stalk me online then I'm readily available at consultingartist.com I'm on Instagram as Doug Shaw D-O-U-G-S-H-A-W and Twitter at Doug Shaw 1 Wonderful. And Martin, where can we online stalk you? Um, Martin, at Martin Cousins on Twitter, which is cousins with a Z, C-O-U-Z-I-N-S, and learnpatch.com and itsdevelopmental.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.